0: If you enjoy this show, you will enjoy the new novel, Alice Isn't Dead, a standalone, complete reimagining of this story. It's out now. Find it wherever you encounter books or at aliceisntdead.com.
1: Sylvia is asleep in the passenger seat. I could use some rest too, but I have a destination in mind. Somewhere needs going, you know? I don't know what I'll find there, but it's a step, at least, having a direction, even if I don't know where that direction will take me. I'm on my way, Alice, and it was all thanks to her.
0: Joseph Fink, performed by Jessica Nicole, produced by Disparition. Part 1 Chapter 6 Sylvia
1: I couldn't just leave her there, not on the side of the highway like that. What do you know? she asked. First thing she said even before her butt hit the seat. What do I know? I said. Uh, lots of things. I know you're a kid and you shouldn't be on the side of the road like that. So I guess if we're making a list, we could start there. You stopped and looked at one of those billboards. The new ones. You were looking at one of them and crying. Do you know who put them up? You must know something. I didn't say anything. Started driving. She smelled strongly of something I couldn't place. Like a walk through a park, but condensed into a single, overpowering scent. Floral, but also herby. It was intense. Okay, maybe you don't know anything, she said. Fine, I don't know anything either. I had a lot of questions for her, obviously, but I just let us both stew in it for a bit. She kicked my book pile out of the way to make room for her feet. (sighs) Brat. What's your name? I asked her. Sylvia. Sylvia Parker. "'I've heard that name somewhere,' I said. "'I couldn't for the life of me remember where.' "'Recognition without link.' "'Common name, I guess,' she said. "'She wouldn't tell me anything. "'We were almost to my destination at this point, in the suburbs of Atlanta. "'No offense, I just have to know if I can trust you,' she said." I have no idea if you can I said I don't know what I'm being trusted with You've seen it too She said Strange visions out in the highway The road takes weird turns For you same as it does for me What have you seen? I said What have you seen? She said and smiled My mom and I We used to travel a lot Part of her job And on breaks from school I would come with her Lots of time in cars. We started to see what other people were missing. Between the rest stops and the Taco Bells. There's something dangerous out there. There's a crack somewhere. and Something terrible is seeping through. Do you know what that something is? I asked. Hmm, she said. Don't you wish sometimes that you could forget... That you could just have your memory wiped, and then you wouldn't be a person wandering, but a person who was almost somewhere. A person about to arrive. And when you arrived, you could just stay? You could just stay? Yes, I said. Yeah. God, yeah, me too, she said. When I dropped off the shipment, she hid. I didn't ask her to. I don't think she needed to. The people at the supermarket seemed friendly enough, and I don't think there was anything sinister about the pallets of cereal I was delivering. But she crouched on the floor of the cab, flipping through my books. After the delivery was done, she crawled back up into the seat. She held up the girl from Hopper's by May Hernandez. Is this one any good? She asked. (laughs) Hell yeah, it is. Okay, she said considering the cover for a moment before tossing it back by her feet. Hey, I need to ask you something, or to do something, and I can't tell you why. Would you do it? My first impulse was sarcasm or similar, but instead I just sighed. Honestly, probably, I said. Okay, I need to get to Swansea, South Carolina. Can you take me there? South Carolina is the complete opposite direction from where I'm going. I have to get to the distribution center and... She cut me off. I wish I could tell you everything, but I can't. I'm asking though, you're the first person I've talked to, like really talked to in, I don't know, weeks, months? I need you to take me to Swansea. It has to do with, you know, she gestured. Her hands circling out to indicate all the things neither of us were willing to specify. I snorted and shook my head. (laughs) Sylvia, I am an adult, okay? I am an adult woman with a job, and that job says that I have to go to the distribution center, not drive a teenager hundreds of miles to a town I've never heard of for reasons that that kid won't even tell me. I am a responsible goddamn adult. Swansea is not the most bustling of towns. Everything seemed nice, but also empty. Life had left this town, I think. There was less of it than there once was. Sylvia directed me to an easy stop on the highway, across from a farm stand that was closed, and not one but two different car washes, both of which were also closed. I pulled the truck up to the side of the easy stop and turned off the engine. Nothing covert about a truck like this. The ass of it nearly blocked the entrance to the parking lot. So what now? I asked. We wait, she said, and she picked up the Jaime Hernandez book and started reading. All right then. Uh I'm getting some jerky. You want anything? She didn't look up from the book. Suit yourself. There was a flyer in the window of the easy stop. The Easter Sunday Bash, hosted by DJ Rob Dog, quote-unquote, the blind man in command. Underneath that, it said, Remember, we are all sexy grown-ups. Ladies 21 are over and gentlemen 25 are over, please. Easter Sunday was a couple months ago. The guy at the counter was withdrawn. Didn't comment on my truck or my choice in snack didn't comment on anything, seemed laid-back, which was fine with me. In the truck, I ate my jerky and waited, and waited. The sky changed its shade, and then its color. Sylvia got fidgety. He was supposed to already be here, she said. Who was, I asked. Let's just ask inside. We went inside and Sylvia asked the guy at the counter if he had seen a cop car in this parking lot recently, specifically a cop car from Georgia. The guy's eyes widened and he shook his head. I revised my impression of him. He wasn't laid back. He was terrified. He had seen something and he wanted desperately to forget. I leaned in, tried to make my voice quiet and gentle. Man, hey, now look at me. I'm gonna need you to look at me in the eyes, okay? I know what you've seen tonight. Now I have seen terrible things too, and so has this girl. And as long as we're all quiet, nothing is going to change. Those terrible things are going to keep on happening. Do you want to live in a world where what you saw is possible, or do you want us to try to change that? I held his gaze. I'm sorry he said. So I said, okay, okay, how about this? Whatever scared you, my man, know that I can be so much scarier than that. His mouth twitched downward and his fingers fidgeted. I I just don't know what you're talking about, he said, and as he said it, he pointed past the back wall of this door. It didn't take long poking through the leaves to find the cruiser that had been rolled there. No blood, but the seats had been torn up, slashed over and over. And Sylvia, she collapsed on the hood of the car, just went limp, gave up. She stayed there for a minute or two, letting whatever hope she had allowed to build in herself fade. And then she started telling me a story. Next to a gas station a couple hours north of New York City, Sylvia and her mom saw the thistle man, or as she knows him, as I guess the world knows him, the hungry man. They saw him take a man from his car, they saw what he did to that man, and her mother did what I could not. She tried to intervene, tried to get the police involved, get other people involved. After that, Sylvia didn't have a mother. She went back to Georgia, was moved from home to home. No one would believe her story of what was out there, of what she had seen, or no one would admit that they believed her. There was this one policeman, Officer Campbell, who took a special interest in her, something close to kindness. He warned her that she needed to stop describing what she had seen, needed to stop trying to get people to believe her, that it would be easier if she just let that go. But that wasn't an option for her. She ran away, went looking for what scared her most. You went looking for the hungry man, I said. He's dangerous. I could still feel his arm against my throat still smell the must of his breath. Oh, is he? She said. I must not know that. I must be stupid. That's not what I meant, I said. Yes, it was. You just didn't know it was what you meant. Arm against throat. Over and over. Anyway, a few months ago, she checked her email on the computer of this friend of a friend that was letting her crash for a bit. And there was an email from Officer Campbell. He said that since she clearly was never going to let this go, he wanted to at least help her. But it had to be secret. No one could ever know. He told her to meet him at this date and time in the parking lot of the easy stop in Swansea, and he would give her the information he had been able to find, all of it. I think he hoped that somehow I could put a stop to it, or at least tell the world, she said. I don't think he knew what he had signed up for when he signed up for it. And now, here was his car, not a trace of Officer Campbell. I suspected that there would never again be a trace of Officer Campbell, not in this world. We searched his car together, but it had been wiped clean. No blood, the computer destroyed, no scraps of paper, no sign of what he might have been able to tell us. We searched quickly, because we both felt it, that it wouldn't be safe to hang around much longer. Okay, uh, okay, she said. He was based out of a precinct in Savannah. We'll go there, see if he left anything that could tell me what he wanted me to know. (laughs) I am not helping you break into a police station, Sylvia. You know, you dragged me a ways out of my way, but you are not landing me in jail. I have my own search to get back to. All right, take me to Savannah, drop me off. I'll be fine on my own and fine on my own for a while. I can't just... I started. And she waved that off. Well, of course you can. You already want to. I'm giving you permission. Take me to Savannah, leave me near that police station, drive away. You don't ever have to hear about this again. Okay, yeah. Okay, I said. I'll take you to Savannah. Thank you. She didn't sound annoyed or angry. She sounded maybe even relieved. What is it you're looking for anyway? What did you lose to end up circling these roads like me? Come on, I said, taking her by the arm and leading us back to the cab before anyone or anything came back to the abandoned cruiser. I'll tell you the whole story while we drive. (laughs) It'll be nice to know that someone is actually listening to it this time. On the way through Georgia, a house by the highway with a pile of trash burning in its front lawn. Big orange flames, thick plume of smoke, a man standing there watching it burn. I only see it for a moment, and only in the corner of my eye, and that slice of time is stuck in my head forever that way. The man never moving, the fire never consuming. Even after a couple of days, Sylvia smelled as strong as ever. Something natural but not. Organic but aggressively so. What's that smell? I asked. I was wondering how long you'd be polite, she said. It's heather oil. Why are you drenched in heather oil? Yeah, I don't know, she said. I've heard the hungry man, he doesn't like it, wards him off. Probably bullshit, but. She shrugged. Where did you hear that? I asked. <laughs> you think we're the only lives he's touched? You think you're the only one he's talked to? Word gets around. I've been wandering this country for a long time. Others have seen him, I've met them. Most were too scared to be as helpful as you. Oh, bad news. I said I'm real scared too kind of all the time I used to go to therapy and shit I said not important if you're scared she said you're helping anyway can't control feeling fear can't control what you do while you're feeling it I learned that too a hard-won lesson of life on the road I asked she laughed Nah, I used to go to therapy, too. Anxiety, bros? She held up a hand, and we made a perfect contact high-five, even though I didn't look away from the road. Sure. Anxiety, bros. I'm still only taking you as far as Savannah, though. Then I have to get back to my thing. I know, she said. Man, I hope you find her. Yeah, I said. And then she said hope she wants to be found. Yeah, I said. Yeah. I stopped the truck by this big park a few blocks north of the station. Savannah looked like the way you might vaguely remember a city looking. Brick buildings sagged into themselves. The trees were more moss than tree. Gutter punks. Kids who have run away out of choice, not out of fear. They clustered around the south side of the park, two of them catcalling passersby, the same line over and over. They'd removed themselves from the system enough to stop showering, but not enough to stop harassing women. I parked next to the mason hall. The sign was bizarre, crudely hand-drawn mason symbols, a series of smaller hand-drawn icons, a pentagram, a chicken, I swear to God, one of them is Link from Legend of Zelda. Maybe Link is a mason. I walked with her as far as the station. This is as far as I can take you, I said. I know. Listen, thanks, though. Give Alice my best. She walked away. I watched the kid walk toward the station, and I turned back to the truck, and I just... couldn't... I couldn't let it happen like that. Sylvia, I shouted. She stopped. Yeah, she said. Let's break into a police station, I said. She smiled. Thank God. I kept thinking, she's going to offer to help me, right? And then you didn't, and I was like, man, I thought she was a good person. (laughs) So, I'm a good person now? Good? Mm-hmm remains to be seen you're cool though let's do this and we did
0: So there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night Vale between me, Joseph Fink, and Meg Bashmaner, voice of the Night Vale credits and MC and tour manager for the live Night Vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship, year by year, without consulting each other beforehand. It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then, on July 20th, the Halloween moon... My first ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween. Until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you're a fan of Alice Isn't Dead, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. And now, the answer to our riddle. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because when the stars call, you answer. Even if you don't know if they really called you. Even if you don't believe that they can call anyone. Even if maybe you were just outside. Like normal. Just looking up at the sky normally. And the stars were as they always are. But you weren't as you always are. Because the stars didn't change. You did. And once you were different, you couldn't live like you were the same. You had to live differently. You had to. You had to. And that is why the chicken crossed the road.
1: This has been a production of Night Vale Presents. Find out more about us and our shows at nightvalepresents.com. Thank you
0: Creators of Welcome to Night Vale, Alice Isn't Dead, and within the wires comes a new Audible original, Unlicensed. In the outskirts of Los Angeles, where the cul-de-sacs and strip malls sprawl into the desert, two unlicensed private investigators scrape by on whatever small cases come their way. But when a teenage girl pleads for them to take the strangest case of their career, this unlikely pair, with no resources and no backup, will follow a trail of seemingly unconnected cases, which will lead them to a ransom a murder, a mysterious wellness center, and a conspiracy that might go all the way to the governor. It's
1: important to catch small fires early. They don't stay small for long.
0: Unlicensed. Available now at audible.com slash unlicensed.